You're tuning in to the Technician Academy podcast, powered by Extend Performance. Our host, Richard Young, brings the automotive industry thought leaders of today and those industry thought leaders of tomorrow to the mic to share their industry expertise with you. This week, we've invited Jackson Stewart to the mic. Jackson is the 2018 Automotive Technology Outstanding Student Award recipient, and he comes today to share his energy and his passion for the automotive industry with all of you. Jackson grew up immersed in the industry. He was practically raised in the Napa store, as his grandfather owned the establishment, and his father worked there as well. Keep on listening to hear our guest talk about the award that he received from Mitchell One, as well as his expectations and his passion for the automotive industry. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Let us know who you would like to hear from next, or if you want to join the discussion. Shoot us a message or give us a call today. Also, be sure to subscribe to our channels and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks again for tuning in. Here's your host. Welcome to today's Technician Academy podcast. We're fortunate enough to have Jackson Stewart with us today. He was a winner of Mitchell One Automotive Technology Award. Welcome, Jackson. Hey, thank you for having me. Well, thank you. Uh, you know, we've we've worked on and off trying to get this podcast together in a time that we could both meet and uh, and, and talk about the future of the automotive industry. Yeah, it was a little bit of a, a struggle, but we we finally got it worked out. Yeah, I'm glad we did. I, I mean, I'm excited about this. Uh, I'm excited to talk with you. I mean, you sent me a short bio. We've talked briefly. Uh, you know. You know, what is, for those listeners that don't know what Mitchell One Automotive Award is, tell the listeners what that is. Well, it's the uh, Outstanding Automotive Technology Student of the Year. Um, Mitchell One selects one person in the United States and Canada each year for this award. Um, I was fortunate enough for it to be me this year. Um I don't know. You, you have to apply for the scholarship, and I found a website back when I was in high school and doing this that uh, you apply, and it goes out to about 30 different companies, and then if your application fits, then you move on to them. And so um, I did that, and then I ended up getting getting awarded this, and um, I didn't really understand, you know, the full extent of the award until we got to Pennsylvania, and then you know we were looking at the program and everything and realized what it was and it's quite an honor um but the, the award it pretty much it was a $2,500 scholarship to go towards my schooling um $500 for me to spend on this trip um for food or whatever else and then they also paid for my mom and I to fly to Pennsylvania for the banquet paid for our hotel paid for a rental car paid for everything so it was it was quite an award, and I, I was very thankful for them doing that. It was a it was a pretty fun deal. So, uh, so you had to fill out a, an application. Now, you said you found this mm-hmm. application while you was in high school. Now, you're you're 20 years old now, right? Correct. Yeah, I'm a junior, and uh, I was working at the Napa store in high school, and um, my grandpa kind of he's the owner of the store, and he found it, and. Uh, it's the Global Automotive Aftermarket Symposium. It's uh-huh. a pretty lengthy application, but I mean, it goes out to 30 different companies and it's a pretty easy deal. So scholarships are pretty important, you know, helping me get through school and everything like that. So I've continued to fill that one out every year of, of college too. So right. It's been a, been a pretty good resource. So you mentioned working with your grandpa at a Napa store, and, and in prior discussion, you, you said you started there when you was 12? Yeah, I, was, I think I was in like seventh grade when I started, you know, full part-time. I My dad works at the store as well, so I grew up in the store, you know, always following the high school help around and learning a little bit here and there. And then I took over for uh, the kid we had the high school kid we had, he uh, was playing some sports and so he needed one of the sports seasons off. And so my grandpa asked if I wanted to fill in for that. So I did that. I, it was probably two or three months. And then 
his next sports season rolled around and um, it just kind of worked out that I stepped in and took that position over as a seventh grader, which uh, it just was, you know, cleaning the floors and stocking all the shelves and everything. And it's what it started out to be. And then I think probably my freshman year of high school rolled around and they started training me on the computers, how to sell parts and stuff like that. And so I was, selling parts for quite a while i mean i know the in and out of that napa store so yeah so you're at, at pitt state now uh mm-hmm. for our listeners tell them where where that's located oh uh, we're down in southeast kansas we're like oh 10 minutes from the missouri border and 30 minutes from the oklahoma border we're uh we're down in the corner um pitt state's a four-year program um i'm going for automotive technology uh, originally came down here for the automotive side and I uh, did a recent internship and kind of switching over to the diesel side. I think it kind of intrigues me a little bit more. So um, it's a great school. I love it down here. So do, so do they have a diesel specific program there? Yeah. It, the automotive program is very broad. They have, you know, they have a collision. So the body and collision side, they have service management and marketing side both automotive and diesel and then they also have an automotive design that will get you kind of into the engineering and stuff like that so they have a very very good automotive program which is what brought me down here is uh just uh we've got some great professors down here and a great program uh, amazing resources that allow us to learn about some newer things and stuff like that so so it's pretty good it's pretty good school right well so when you when you talk about going down there, where is home? Uh, Council Grove is a little little small town just south of Manhattan, Kansas, about thirty miles. Okay. Um, yeah, we only have about about twenty two hundred people there, so I come from a pretty small pretty small town. So you grew up behind the parts counter. Uh, you're still a very young man. But there was a time when you when you worked at a different field, uh, being a custom in a custom harvest crew. Tell us about that. So uh, one of our customers at the Napa store, I'd known. I mean, since I started there, we're kind of related to him a little bit down the line, and he'd always kind of joked about me coming to work for him. And they ran some combines and went and traveled across western Kansas and Nebraska and up to North Dakota. He joked for quite a few years about me coming to work for him. And then it was my senior year of high school, just around graduation time. They um, needed some help pretty bad. And he called and my dad picked up the phone and they uh, talked. And Ron, the guy that I ended up working for, he told my dad about it. And so I kind of thought about it for a little bit and I ended up taking it and like a week and a half after I graduated high school, I left, left my mom and dad at home and went to Western Kansas and ran a combine for about 16 hours a day. It was a big learning curve, but it, I loved it. It was an amazing experience. I learned so much, got to meet so many people and it, yeah, it was a, it was a fun time. So yeah, that's, uh, I mean, 16 hour days and, and there's really no, uh, no holidays to that, is there? No, no. You're, as long as the weather's cooperating, you're working. So it was, you know, I was 17 at the time. It was quite a bit of change from going to classes every day to getting up at 6:30 and working till midnight. You know, it makes for a long day, but it's a very good character builder that kind of molded me to how I am today. And yeah, that was a great experience. I was thankful for that. Well, that's great. So, uh, you also talked about an internship. You worked with Kenworth dealer. So that got you into the heavy yeah. duty diesel side. Uh, right. how long was you doing that? Um, this, it was a 12 week internship. Um, actually my first year after, uh, after my freshman year of college, I did another 12 week internship at a shop at home, uh, Bacure family automotive. I'd known them guys forever. You know, I'd waited on them at the park store and worked. I did an internship in high school with them. And so I've known them forever. So I did a 12 week with them and learned quite a bit about the automotive side. And um, then I came back to school and everything and kind of want to, you know, broaden my horizons and learn, learn something different. So that's 
got to talking to MHC Kenworth and uh, ended up going to their Topeka location and did a 12-week internship with them. I was in the shop the whole time and turning wrenches on semis and some RVs and stuff like that and got to learn about the diesels and stuff like that, which has sparked my interest in it. So that that's kind of kind of where I'm at right now is leaning more towards the diesel side and and so that's yeah it was a it was a good good internship both of them were um now were these internships through through the school or uh was this something you searched out on your own um the first one had the shop at home that one I found on my own um but the Kenworth dealer they come to our school and so I I wasn't even actually going to go talk to them. And one of my friends goes, oh, they're just looking for, you know, interns that want to turn wrenches. And that's what I want to do is turn wrenches. So I went and sat down with them and I told them, like, I don't know anything about semis. And they're like, oh, that's fine. You know, if you have a ability to learn, we'll give you a chance. So um, but the MHC was through the school. Um, kind of, I found them through the school anyways, so. Yeah, that's a, another good thing about Pitt State is they bring a lot of different companies in and try to get you internships or full-time positions. Um, they do a very good job with that. Well, that, that's, I mean, that's great when a school uh, basically invests in their student. Yes. Yeah, they sure they sure do. Well, that's, that's great. So uh, you're in your, you said you were a junior now? Correct, yep. So... Have you always been interested in automotive or, you know, cars and such, or is it just, uh, you've worked into it? No, I pretty much always was, um, when I was younger and playing with toys, I always had cars and trucks and I mean, that, I, that's just always what I did. And as I got older and my mind started to grow, I started to want to learn how, how they work, you know, what makes a car run, what makes a car drive straight, you know? and then of course working in Napa that was also big into that you know I was learning about the parts but I wanted to learn these yeah I know what this part is but how does that work on this car and so it just was making my mind turn and I got into high school and I did an internship with uh, the Cure Family Automotive and then I did two or three more with another shop uh, at home and they like let me work on cars and then I kind of sparked my interest even more and that's what solidified this is what I want to do I want to turn wrenches I want to do this so I've always been into cars and trucks and stuff like that well that's great so did your high school was there a high school program uh an automotive program at the high school unfortunately there wasn't um we had a good welding program but we never actually have had an automotive program there and the internships, I went out and found those on my own. Um, I mean, they have an internship course that you could take, but our high school didn't really help us too much with trying to find places to go. And so I went out because I'd worked at Napa the whole time. I knew most of the shops and I knew them pretty well. So I went out and talked to a couple of them and got the opportunities to go in and work with them. And yeah, that, that helped me. But no, I, that's one thing I do wish our high school would kind of look into is trying to get an automotive program, but funding and everything, that's kind of hard nowadays, but. Right. Right. And that's, so, I mean, in your situation, I mean, you, you're behind the parts counter at the age of 12, uh, obviously involved in the automotive industry from the parts side of it up through high school and then getting the internships at high school and working at different shops kind of drawed you into the automotive side or the automotive side. And then when you had the opportunity to work on diesels, that's what really, that's where you really got excited. Is that, is that kind of the way it's went? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that first internship I did after uh, my freshman year of college, that was a, a big one. I, you know, I learned a lot of concepts my freshman year here, but I didn't get much shop time as a freshman. And so I had all these concepts in my head and then, Chris Pacura, he, you know, let me work on these cars and he, he was the one that I finally understood everything clicked at that point. So I started understanding cars a lot more and was able to work on them and fix them. And of course I still have a lot to learn. Don't get me wrong, but 
but that helped a lot and that excited me and made me realize that I'm going down the right path. And then this last summer where I went more to the diesel side, that again sparked it even more and that told me that maybe we need to kind of narrow it down to this diesel side and try to learn a little bit more about that and see what there is out there. So Right, right. So junior in college uh, what type of classes are you taking now? I mean, as far as curriculum, how does, I mean, I'm sure that since you're going to probably leave there with a bachelor's degree, um, you know, you've had to take the general studies and, and all the, the core pieces, but usually that that's kind of done in the first two years. And in the third year and fourth year is more focused on your, your, field of study is that the way Pitt State works uh kind of they kind of um my advisor worked with me and you know he they tell us they only offer automotive courses at certain times so they try to get you to take automotive courses when you can because then those gen, gen ed classes they're always there every semester they're always there so they're a lot easier to get into so they try to even it out to where you're not taking just all gen eds your freshman and sophomore year and then all core classes your junior and senior year. They try to kind of stagger it out and even it out a little bit. And for me, I took some college classes when I was in high school for a dual credit. So I transferred about a semester in of, you know, math and English and speech. And so that kind of helped me a little bit that I can take more electives for the automotive side um but our advisors work with us and you know make sure that we're getting the right classes that we need when we need them kind of helping us out a little bit so so are you working in an automotive job or some you know part-time while you're at college or just strictly going to school no i uh i have a part-time job right now at the grain elevator north of town um corn harvest season right now so we're staying pretty busy but i'm just kind of out there you know dumping trucks and stuff like that moving some grain around um i don't have an automotive job right now which i wish i did but i mean starting to slow down a little bit at this time of year so it's a lot harder to get a a part-time position but i take what i can get you know i need a little bit of money here and there so a job's a job yeah yeah, well, that, yeah, and that's true. I've never met a college student that didn't need a little bit of money somehow. Yeah. So you bring some unique pieces to to this conversation. First off, being uh, young and, and behind the parts counter, and then actually jumping across the counter and working in in the industry and, and repairing vehicles. What? Uh, and now you're in college, and and soon, uh, you know, you're junior. You've just got three semesters left, mm-hmm. you know, uh, moving out into the field, moving out into the industry. What, uh, what do you see? How important is training? Do you feel as a young technician? Oh, it's, it's very important. I mean, like I said, we can learn a lot of concepts here at school, but, um, you know, if you don't get the hands-on training, you, you you're not, you're not going to be successful. You know, you need, you need to go out and you need to learn um, detailed things. You know, you need to go to like the diesel side. You need to go to a Cummins school or you need to go to a Caterpillar school and learn how how their systems work. That way you can better yourself. Because if, if you're not really willing to learn or you're not willing to go out to this, these training deals, you're, I mean, you're kind of stuck where you're not going to be able to expand at all. So to me, you know, I try to take as much training as I can get because it, it's never going to hurt anything to have a little bit of extra training. Um, that training, I think, is is a very important key in in this industry because everything changes. You know, stuff today is not the same as it was two years ago. It's always evolving and changing. And if you, if you don't keep up on that training, you're not going to be able to do your job as well. I don't think. But right, and and I often I, I get the opportunity to. Uh to put on training at community colleges. And I, and I tell the students, you know, basically the internal combustion engine hasn't changed the same way with, you know, a diesel engine. They really haven't changed 
the basics of it. You still got to pull in fuel and air and, and ignite it. But mm-hmm. all the pieces that control that has changed drastically. And some people might, listening to this, may not be that familiar with diesel, but diesel has changed quite a bit. And, you know, were you kind of surprised by that? Oh, I don't know. Not really. I mean, one of the big main changes with diesels is the emission side. That's always changing. You know, you, you're always going to have too many emissions. And so that's what they're really trying to crack down on. And to do emissions control successfully, you know, you've got to start in, adding in electronics. And that's where you can lose an old time mechanic when you get into the computers and the electronics because they're not trained on that. And that's, you know, it's always evolving. And it's, yeah, training is one of them things that you, you're going to need it. And the automotive side is changing as well, starting to go to a lot more electronically controlled everything. Um, it's, yeah, it's this whole industry is evolving and it always will. You look at the self driving cars and the, all the hybrids and the electric vehicles. And I mean, it's just, it's, a broad industry of what's out there and it's always going to continue to grow. So, well, I mean, and this question is as old as Ford or Chevy, but I've got to ask this to a diesel guy is cat Cummins or Detroit, which, which is it? I don't know. I'm, I'm just barely touching my feet in there right now. Um, them cat engines have been around forever and, and they're continuing to prove themselves. But, uh, I think Cummins is a pretty good engine as well. Um, haven't been around the Detroits near as much as, as anything else, but you don't see them in the newer shops as much anymore. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of to each his own. I'm, you know, in the auto side, I'm, I'm a, I'm a bow tie guy. GM, GM's where it's at, I think, but that's me personally. What brings you to that decision? Is this, is this a family? I mean, is, Dad and Grandpa GM guys, too? Yeah, my uh, grandpa back in the day was a service manager for a GM dealership at home. And um, we've always, ever since I was little, we've always been GM people. And that was the first truck I bought. The truck I have now is a GM. And, I mean, it's just one of them things. I think they make a very, very good product. It is a long-lasting uh I don't know. Yeah, I kind of grew up in it, but to me personally, that's they make a very good product. Yeah. So, uh, any GM projects you got going on? Um, we just finished up one. Um, it was my dad's first truck in high school. It was a '55 Chevy Second Series. Um, my grandpa saved it, and it was supposed to be my first truck in high school. Kind of missed that deadline a little bit, but um, we put a a bigger 350 in it, and kind of tuned it up a little bit and redid some stuff and changed it up and kind of made it a, a hot rod project and we got that finished up well as finished as a TMB. you know projects are always you always got something to mess with on them but uh we finished that up here probably about a year ago um and then my grandpa just recently bought a 57 chevy pickup that uh we're going to start working on try to Try to do some some cool stuff with it. I think so. So, did you do anything with the brakes or suspension on the other one? Yeah, we uh, actually took a '55 Chevy frame and cut the frame right in front of the cab and put a '70 Chevy half ton frame on the front, so we could have independent suspension. And then we put disc brakes all the way around and um, kind of did some stuff there. Obviously, with those body styles, the fenders are always rested out. So we went through and put some fiberglass fenders all the way around and um, put a 57 hood on it. Did a conversion kit so it flips forward like uh, like the old Corvettes do and um, did some other stuff with it and painted it like a, a dark, kind of almost a candy apple red color. Um, it uh, sounds pretty good. Well, so this is, I mean, you, you kind of pushed it off when you first started talking about it. Well, you know, we just kind of put it together and got it. Sounds to me more like it was, uh, it's been built to, to look good and, and ride good and drive good. 
yeah, it's a, it was a long project. I can't remember how many years we have in it. It's close to, I mean, I'm 20 years old and it was started a little bit before I was born. So it's, I mean, it's been a long time coming, but we finally got her done. And yeah, it's, it's a, for us, a show quality truck, you know, um, nowhere close to perfect, but you can never get anything perfect. But the, but the memories that'll, that'll always be there, you know, uh, that's one thing that the automotive industry brings and, and you, I'm sure you've experienced it being at the parts store and, you know, those relationships and then the memories that are made, uh, father and son and grandfather working on the same vehicle, uh, you know, just, yeah. you just really can't replace that. No, no, there's no replacement at all. Things that my grandpa taught me and my dad as well. That, I mean, those are still amazing life lessons as well as, you know, automotive lessons. Um, that stuff I still carry with me today and still use it every day. Yeah. But yeah, those are good, good experiences. Right. And, and it evolves. I mean, uh, so being in the industry uh, and, and like you are still a young man in the industry, how do you see or what do you see this industry evolving to? Or how do you, what are you looking forward to in the future, I should say? Uh, I don't know. I see, unfortunately, I see a lot more electric vehicles in the future. Um, I'm kind of a hot rod guy and a, a diesel guy. and But, you know, with the emissions crunch and everything I, and trying to be more fuel efficient and everything, I, I see a lot more hybrids and electric vehicles coming. Um, I do kind of, I'm kind of interested in the, uh, like the Teslas and the autonomous vehicles to see, see what comes from that. Cause, um, the self-driving cars, that's, that's pretty cool, I think. But I mean, there's not a whole lot of them out there right now to, to see what's going to change in the next few years and things like that. Um, but I, I look forward to kind of trying to learn a little bit about that and, seen what comes from that so would you say i mean what would you say your favorite system and we all as as technicians i still consider myself a technician i like working on fuel systems uh and it's kind of my favorite what what's your favorite system in in the vehicle i don't know you know being that i don't have a whole lot of experience I, i mean i'm only 20 i'm still trying to learn as much as i can um brake systems are obviously pretty easy i i actually for some reason, I like uh, steering and suspension quite a bit, trying to learn why tires are wearing the way they are, why a vehicle's pulling the way it is. Um, that kind of interests me quite a bit. And running the alignment rack and trying to get a car as true as it can to drive down the road straight, that's pretty cool to me. I think that you can you know, tweak something just a little bit, but it can throw off something else quite a bit. Um, very, Very cool, I think. Yeah, and and you'll find, uh, and I'm sure you've experienced it, but uh, you know you'll find that technicians have certain categories or certain pieces of the car that they they like to specialize in, or or more their favorite to do the repair on. So yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Where's Jackson Stewart going to do? What's he going to do after graduation? Where Where's he going? I don't know. It's still up in the air. Um kind of like to see what uh what this school year brings see what internships i can get for this next summer and then i don't know after that i'm kind of open to a lot of different things i like like turning wrenches and you know i like the custom harvest deal it'd be pretty fun to go back and run a combine again um so i don't know it's kind of up in the air still I have a lot of opportunities and a lot of time left to decide you know i still got three or four more semesters here so I don't know. I haven't really decided yet. But. <laughs> now, does uh, does the school, I mean, we talked about them. Are there internships? I mean, how's that selected? Do you just, you put in for where you want to go and, and they try to get you there? Or companies come to the school and say, hey, we got an opening for three guys. Do you have three that are interested? So they pretty much just invite a lot of different companies to the school. and. Uh, they kind of set up presentations in the shop. You know, they have a little, little six or eight foot table or whatever that they can 
put their boards up on. And then us students, we walk around and can figure out what companies we want to talk to, whether that's construction companies or ag companies or semi companies, you know, stuff like that. And, um, we kind of, it's on us to ask them, Hey, are you guys looking for internships or full-time positions or what? And then from there we get interviews with them. Um, and try to, they'll select us if, if we are a good fit for them and, um, they'll kind of, they'll kind of take over at that point. The school pretty much just brings a company in and then kind of relies on us to get from there on. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, that's interesting. So, uh, not only do you have to go up to these companies, but you have to go through an interview process. Um, mm-hmm. Is that a formal interview where you, you go to their facility and, and sit down across the table from from their HR department? Or how's that worked for you in the past? This last summer, you know, with MHC, they do a, an on-campus interview. Um, so they select a building, you know, on main campus where they um, can have a room. And we set up a time so then... You, you dress up, you know, suit and tie and everything, and you go in and you sit down at this table with them, and that's where they conduct the interview. And then if if they think you're a good fit and you're going to move on to the next step in the game, um, they'll get your phone number. You might have to do a an over-the-phone interview with them, or occasionally they'll have you come to the headquarters and interview there, which I didn't have to end up doing that. But, um, yeah, it's it's... Definitely, you know, you got to have good people skills, um, which is is what the school is trying to teach you as a 19 or 20-year-old that you need to be able to go up and you need to be confident in yourself that, you know, you can get this position with them. And, and so it's, it's a good life skill to have to be able to talk to people like that. And that's what ended up getting me that position this last summer was I wasn't afraid to go up and just visit with them and kind of go from there. So. Yeah, that's that's very important. I mean, uh, that's good that Pitt State is really kind of, of guiding you in that direction. Uh, you know, I've seen situations at schools where internships were, well, you know, they, they work with the same five companies year in, year out, and, and they just pretty much the school picks two or three students to, to work with that company, and they don't go through this interview-type process. And, and – since the automotive industry is a relationship type industry, uh, it's good that they're having you do that. Yeah, I think so too. Um, just being able to get out and talk to different people and, you know, I might not be a good fit for company A, but if I go talk to company B, then I might be a good fit for them. And it's, it's one of them things that you also got to learn that, you know, people can tell you, no, you're not going to just get handed the job nowadays. You, you need to work for it. You need to be a good fit. And and if you're not a good fit for this company, well then go try somewhere else. Maybe you'll be a good fit there. It's that's also, I think what they're trying to teach you as well, that, you know, don't, don't take no for an answer. Just get out and get out and try. Yeah. Keep swinging until you hit, hit that run in. Yeah. And Correct. Yeah. so, I mean, you're a young man. Uh, you graduate what, roughly at the age of 21, 22. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you're really not sure about the future, but is there any, how do you want to branch out? I mean, you surely got some goals. I mean, that's something that uh, is talked about all through college and even in high school. Uh, some some advisors would talk about goals. You know, is there a goal of eventually uh, running your own shop or working for a major manufacturer like Cummins or Caterpillar? I mean, is there anything in that future that you're kind of that pie in the sky thing that you want to work towards? Yeah, I, it is to own my own shop. Um, my goal kind of is to learn as much as I can about different things while I'm in school, learn a little bit about the construction side, about the ag side, about the, the on highway side, about the automotive side. And then be able to take that home and try to open up a shop where I can incorporate all of that into one. Because, you know, we're a small community. We don't have a lot of diesel mechanics at home. So if I can incorporate everything, you know, know a little bit about everything 
into one shop where I can better our community. You know, I can work on John Doe's, you know, bulldozer, or I can work on this combine over here, or I can work on this guy's semi. That's kind of, kind of, I think would be cool and be good for our community at home. And it would help out a lot, I think. Yeah. I just recently, uh, seems to seen some statistics that, uh, you know, there's a huge demand. I'm sure you've heard about it. You know, the lack of being able to find qualified technicians in the industry. And, but one of the statistics, when you actually break it down, uh, the biggest demand right now for, for technicians is, is diesel techs. Um, that is the biggest demand within the repair industry. So yeah, definitely that you could work towards that. Yeah. So, uh, any thoughts? I mean, grandpa's part store, dad's part store is, is there a possibility of Jackson being a part of that part store in the future too? So that was talked about, um, kind of did sit down and talk about it. And I, uh, I spent a lot of my time as a, you know, teenager there and I, uh, it was, it was a good experience, but I would like to be on the other side. I want to be the one fixing things. I want to be turning wrenches. So I, I decided that that wasn't the path I wanted to go down. Um, but it it was talked about and we did try to figure something out, but uh, (laughs) yeah. So is there, do you have brothers or sisters that may move into that and, and uh, you buy parts from them? Nope, I'm a, I'm just an only child. So um, I do have a couple little cousins, but I don't know if they'll be interested in that or not. They're still pretty young to decide, but um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. If, <laughs> if not, yeah, not a big deal. But yeah, well, yeah, and and that's great that you you've had that relationship and you're able to talk about that and. And you know what direction? I, I applaud you. Uh, a lot of young people your age aren't really sure which direction they want to go. And, and you appear to be, you know which direction you want to go. Yeah, I, at least I think I do anyways. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I do. I do like fixing things. I like taking pride in my work and doing a good job when I fix something. And that's definitely the path that I want to go down is, you know, seeing somebody that they are struggling and you're having a bad day and their car broke down or something that you can fix it pretty quick and get them back on the road. The the face that they make and the attitude that they have where they're so thankful. That's, that's one of them things is for me personally, that that's, that's an awesome feeling, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I find that most all technicians that I talk to and over the last 30 plus years, you know, I, I see that as this industry really is a an industry that wants to help people, as as a general general rule. Yeah, I agree. So let's look forward here. Look, two three years in the future, uh, Jackson's back to to back to home. Uh, got a shop started, um, and the high school asked you to be a keynote speaker at the graduating class of the high school. What what would be your topic and why? Um, probably just tell them to never stop learning. Um, I, I like to tell myself the day that I stop learning will be the day that I die. I wake up each morning and I try to learn something new, at least one thing new. Um, because if, if you just get that closed-minded um, idea that, that I don't need to learn anything else. I already know everything I need to know. Then you're never going to get anywhere. Um, always try to learn something new and look, look into the future to try to, you know, take what you learn and help somebody else learn from it. And that that's one of those big things that I, I, I was kind of taught, you know, just at a young age when I was working that I was always learning and then I can help my classmates. Um, that's I think that a lot of younger kids need to need to learn that that you need to you need to go out and you need to try and you need to need to try to learn something. Yeah, well, that that's good words. Uh, that's good words to to pass on because you know at that age a lot of those students um, and, and that's a that's another concern that we see I see is a lot of high school advisors really 
kind of don't guide kids to or students to um, the skilled trades like uh, repair, automotive and diesel repair. And uh, what, why do you think that is? Is it because the industry has a bad image of it's just, I mean, because you, you were able to grow up, like I said, at the parts store and and you got to see these guys, these technicians come in and buy parts and, and you got to know them and, and how they were, but a lot of, a lot of people who would make great technicians are steered away from the industry by the by the high school advisors so why do why do you think that is i mean you can bring a great perspective to that question i think it's um it's hard work i mean you know you're out in the heat and you're out in the cold and it's you're getting dirty you're you're you know you're busting your knuckles open on a car you're you're bleeding you're you're filthy dirty and i don't think kids nowadays want to do that um i think there are like you said i think there are some great great kids out there that would make great mechanics or construction workers or welders. But I don't know. I just think the advisors are telling them there's more money elsewhere that, that you can go and you can go to college and you can do something else and you can stay clean and you can work inside. And I think that's why kids are not doing, not coming down this road. And yes, I, I'm going to school for four years, but I'm also trying to learn skill as well. And, uh, trying to incorporate that and I'm taking some business classes and so I, I just I don't think kids think about the need for this industry I mean you know there's always going to be cars out there that need fixed and it's it's always going to be there and I don't think people really look at that in high school and I was fortunate enough to grow up in, in this industry and that's why I chose it but I don't know. I mean, and, and you're, you're, I think you hit on it really is, uh, this is an industry that's looked at like it's, it's a dirty industry and it's, it's hard. It is hard work. Uh, there's no mm-hmm. doubt about that. And, you know, a, a good diesel tech, they're, you're going to get dirty. Uh, yeah. but you know, truthfully, uh, we do a lot more now than we did several years ago uh that we don't get dirty uh you know hooking up a laptop looking at you know data streams and and that type of thing i, I don't think and, and i'd like to have your opinion on that i don't think that today's high school student is, is told that type of stuff uh because we, we really don't nope. get as work as dirty correct i completely agree with that i think it just still has the the name and the image from you know back in the day when you're covered from head to toe in grease and and i think kids are shown that image and they don't want to they don't want to look any further at this they want to go do something else and yeah like you said i mean some days you're still going to get dirty but other days yeah like you plug in a laptop or you plug in a scan tool and you look at you know data streams or schematics and stuff like that and you try to trace things down and it's not not near as dirty as it used to be but um yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's frustrating seeing kids that would make great texts just not not even look at the industry at all. Yeah. And and you know, you mentioned welders and uh, your high school has a welding program. I mean, I've seen I read an article and and it's been an article around for quite some time is, you know, a welder uh spends 2 years in college and comes out making 55, 60,000 a year where uh you know some degrees you'll be in school for four years and come out and and not be able to even find a job so uh Mm -hmm. you know the skilled trades are are very important Uh, i think to keep this country moving and and i applaud you for for moving into the skilled trades In, in your classes at pitt state how many roughly how many students are enrolled in that program i mean i obviously you don't know the exact total but uh you know how many is in a class uh, there's normally around 30 kids in the class. Um, I don't know what the overall automotive um, enrollment is. Um, it's I'm sure it's on the website, but yeah, there's pr- normally around 30 kids or less in an automotive class. Um, they try to keep it kind of small like that. That way you can learn and you can get to know your professors and you can 
try to learn something instead of sitting in a lecture hall with a hundred or two hundred people where you're not gonna you're not gonna learn anything really. Um but yeah, I I'd say it's probably around twenty to thirty kids a class. Okay. So there are there there's still some good numbers moving through these programs. That's that's great. So, you know, we've talked for quite a bit here and and uh I do have a couple more things I'd like to hear from Jackson. And and that is if I could give you any vehicle you wanted, uh, and, and we're talking all the way from the sports car to, to the diesel pickup, whatever you wanted, what would that vehicle be that you want? Oh, probably a 72 Chevy short bed pickup. Um, I don't know. I like that. 67 to 72 body style quite a bit um and like i said i'm kind of a hot rod guy i was kind of brought up that way but those are kind of one of my favorite body styles um yeah probably so would it have a big block with injection or no i'm i'm not a big block guy um it probably just have a small block 350 that would be tuned up a little bit and be a good running truck I think you can get more power out of a small block with the with the weight, you know. Yeah. Well, big blocks are heavy engines, and I just I don't know. I'm not a big fan of them. Definitely the uh, the weight to horsepower ratio is, I believe, is better with a small block. I would have to agree with that. Yeah. So, what I mean, you're a young man moving through the industry, been in the industry for quite some time. What do you want the listeners to know about you or the industry itself? Um, I think that uh, our generation is kind of getting a bad rap that, you know, we're all kind of lazy kind of, and I don't think that's necessarily true. I mean, there's some of us out there that we do have a good work ethic and we are willing to get dirty and, you know, go out and do, do some of the jobs that others don't. And, uh, me personally, I feel like I am one of those those kids that I, I don't mind a little bit of hard work at all. Um, so I, I don't don't just group all of us millennials in a in one big group because there's there's some of us that are a little better than others. I'd say. Well, I applaud you for that. Yes, and 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 I think you're right. Uh, I think you are not afraid of hard work. Uh, not very many people and. Not millennials. Let's let's just kick millennials off the table when we when I get ready to say this. But there's not many people that when they graduated or were in high school at the age of seventeen is going to go out and work sixteen plus hours in a harvest crew. So I mean, no matter their age, uh, when they got out of high school, a lot of people wouldn't have done that. So I do applaud yeah. you for the work ethic, and I think. Uh, just in our brief talk, I think that work ethic was brought to you by, uh, you know, those around you, your grandfather, your, your father and, and your mother. So, I mean, that's, uh, yeah. that work ethic is, is very valuable. Yep. I, I agree. Thank you for that as well. Well, you're, you're more than welcome. And, and, you know, and, and I've, uh, young college man and, and weeknight here, uh, I've taken up quite a bit of your time. I hope, uh, Hope you still have time to study. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I say that with caution, but, you know, uh, I do applaud you. I mean, the, the winning of the, of the Mitchell Award is definitely a uh, definitely a thing. I mean, uh, pride is a dangerous thing, but it's definitely something to be uh, proud of. Uh, it doesn't come easy, and it doesn't come without a lot of, uh, you know, them overlooking them, looking you and, and looking at your work ethics and, and, and how you, how you've progressed. Uh, so yeah, I, I commend you on that. Um, you know, I wish, I wish a lot of people out there, uh, had that work ethic and, and I wish a lot of young people could, uh, could see, and I wish you could talk to them and just explain to them how this industry is and, and what you're looking forward to in it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, Jackson, I, I appreciate your time. I really am appreciative of your time. I'm glad we were able to finally get together and then uh, record this podcast. Uh, I hope 
uh, that we, if we can just get one or two young people to hear this podcast and hear, hear how you've progressed through the industry and, and, and where you want to go and what you want to do, I think it would be a, a positive note. I agree. Thank you for having me on here. I appreciate that. Um, this was a, another honor. Um, it was a little bit of struggle to get here, but this was a thank you again for having me on here tonight. Well, that, uh, you know, that, uh, trouble, I'll have to take the blame for that. We had a soundboard that, uh, it just pretty much decided not to come to work one day. So, uh, we tried this once and, uh, and I often say, I, I say it all the time, but live by technology, die by technology. And then, uh, we went through one episode of dying by technology. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what classes are tomorrow? When's school start in the morning? Um, I'm working in the morning. I got to be work at 7:45, and then I uh, work till about noon. I have a hydraulics class at one, and then uh, just a professional development class around the. It'll be it's an evening class. It's not till 4:30, so okay, pretty easy day tomorrow. But uh, yep. Well, I don't know about easy. I've seen uh, seen what it's like to work at a grain elevator, and it's hot and it's dusty, and and uh, it can be very tiring. Yes, it can, but it's a job, and uh, it's it's not too bad, really. I don't mind it that much. So, well, good. That's great, and great to hear. So, like I said, I mean, I thank you for your time, and thank you for what you're bringing to the industry. And I, I'm excited when I talk to young people like yourself. Uh, I'm excited about the future of this industry. Thank you a lot. I appreciate that. All right. Well, we'll talk again. I, uh, you know, I, I want to stay in contact. I want to. Maybe in a year or so after you graduated, I want to link back up and see where you're at in the industry and, and what's going on. I look forward to it. All right, Jackson. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Technician Academy's podcast, brought to you by Extend Performance. Be sure to rate us on iTunes or Google Play and visit us online at technician.academy. We are also on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. Please help us spread our Respect is Learn message by liking and sharing our content on your social media platforms. Technician.academy, where respect is learned.